Sports Network. It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? A lot of people think this is the year of the Chargers. Vegas handicappers, NFL insiders. Fortunately, I've been down this road before. Another reminder that the Chargers didn't make the playoff last year. NFL Network, another reminder that the Chargers did not make the playoff last year. They lost in Las Vegas. Get me some anti-Charger stuff in here now. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. They have the choke gene. They choke. The Chargers with the C, they choke. I should have nine lines packed every segment destroying the Chargers. Use the phone like a weapon. I want an all-out assault from the Raider Nation on the opposition. Just win, baby. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a great day for the Raider Nation on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. And hopefully you all have that app. That mobile app, and you can show everybody in the parking lot, everybody how they're listening to the show. Just download the Raiders mobile app, clip on the, click on the radio, and get the show. Really excited about that. What a day today. I mean, I got a big show lined up for you, Raider fans. You need to start dialing now so I can get you on the radio with your prediction of what happens with the Chargers. That's it. I want a final score. I want to know how the Raiders are going to win. I want to know what you think is going to happen in this game. That's your role in the show. Be passionate, be excited, be a fan, be fanatical. Do what you do best in the Raider Nation because the Raiders open up Sunday, 125 at the Chargers in Los Angeles. The Raiders will have more fans in the building. No debate. No debate. There'll be more Raider fans than Charger fans. And that's kind of our hook to this opening game. So today I woke up at 6 a.m. And if you know me, I don't wake up at 6 a.m. And I woke up with the Wagners. I was on with the Wagners on NBC, Dana Wagner and Kim Wagner, great friends of mine. They have me on every year to preview the season. Did that from home, and that was interesting. Always fun to talk to them. They're great people. I wake up with the Wagners in the morning. That's who I watch in the morning, so that was fun. Then I shot out to the facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and I interviewed the head coach, Josh McDaniels. We'll do that as of now every Thursday. And either I'll host the show from the Raider facility or today I came back here, had a meeting with Bobby, so I'm back here in the studio today. And I did about nine, ten minutes with Coach McDaniels. And it's ahead of the Charger game, mostly about my interview that we already did if you didn't get a chance to see the state of the team. Kind of big picture stuff with him because he's just not going to go specifics with his game plan. Everybody understand that? I'm on the front lines with him now. I really like talking to him. He's super sharp. But he's not going to single out any of his players, period. He's not that type of coach. And if you watch Bill Belichick over the years, I know you're not surprised by that. Bill Belichick never singled out any player. It was on to Cincinnati. It was about the team. And Josh McDaniels has a lot of that in it. But Josh is also, I think, a lot of fun. He was laughing a lot and smiling, and he's in a really good place now. This is a long-term move for him. It's not about one game, the Charger game. But he's relentless and wants to win this game. We talked about the health of the team, uh, a couple of the matchups in general, but basically how he put the roster together with Dave Ziegler, which is really fascinating what he did. And I'll save it for the interview, but the way he built this offensive line with what he had, he put those guys through the ringer, man. I mean, he made everybody play every position other than Colton Miller and said, know how to play another position if I need you. And that's what he's going with on the offensive line. And this offensive line is a really important position group because there's a lot of speculation that those guys aren't elite and they're not going to get it done. And I'm assuming they're pretty pissed off 
about turning on NFL Network and ESPN and Fox Sports 1, and everybody's saying, yeah, I love the Raiders, but. I love the Raiders, and I think the Raiders can do great things, but. There's been a lot of that happening for over a month or so, or six weeks here. And we're the flagships, and we know the guys. The national media doesn't know any of them. They don't know anybody. They can't even pronounce Dylan Parham. They have no idea who Lester Cotton Sr. is. They don't know John Simpson. They don't know him. And you Raider fans know him a little bit better. So these are the guys that they're going to go with in a really tough game in Los Angeles. I just talked to a friend of mine who's there for the Buffalo Bills game. A friend of mine, a gal I went to college with, and she's out there tailgating now with the Bills Mafia. There's supposed to be 30,000, I repeat, 30,000 Bills fans. I don't know how they got that number, but she's really cool. She's the head of the Water Buffalo Club in Buffalo, great friends with Jim Kelly. I go back with her 30 years, and she's there, and I couldn't hear her on the phone. She's like, the Bills have taken over this place. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because the Raiders are going to take it over on Sunday. So you got the Bills tonight. That's my Super Bowl pick. I predicted the Bills to win the Super Bowl back-to-back years. So I think they'll win this game tonight. They're favorite to win. If they don't win this game, they could still win the Super Bowl, but they got to start winning some big games. They lost to Kansas City, and then they, they can't lose to the Rams. they got to win games like this if they're going to be the world champion Bills. So I'm on the Bills this year to win it all, but I want the Raiders to win every game. As you know, I picked the Raiders to win 10 games. Last year I picked 9, they won 10. This year I'm picking 10. I hope it's 11 or 12. But I'm not in the prognostication business. Speaking of that, we have Lee Sterling coming up from Paramount Sports. He's got three free games for us. That's his rule. Come on. He'll give us three free games. I think two NFL games and one college. That's coming up here at about 1245. We have Raider insider Vince Sapienza. Vince is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Steph McKenzie, the diehard Raider fan who's going to Motley Crue and Def Leppard, and I want, her, I want her on to talk about Motley Crue and Def Leppard and the concert that's coming here, the End of the World Tour, which starts here, and that show's going to be this weekend. And then we have Eric uh, Smith, who's a Charger insider for the Chargers, and he's going to break down the Chargers for us. You, know, the, I, you guys saw this yesterday. I know Q talked about it. They came out with the injury report. There's no one on the injury report for the Raiders. I was in the building today, and I asked someone, I go, I don't ever recall that. And the person I talked to said, same here. I don't ever remember that happening. I'm sure it happened some point, but nobody is on the Raiders injury report. What a great job by Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, and the training staff to get these guys healthy and ready. Because there were guys who didn't play at times. I was wondering, were they going to start the year with Cleef Farrell? Were they going to start the year with Trayvon Mullen? No, he got traded. Were they going to be able to start the year with someone who hasn't been practicing a lot? Yeah, everybody's up and ready to go. And then J.C. Jackson, Mr. Interception for the Chargers, their best player in the secondary, will be a game-time decision. He's on the injury report, hasn't practiced. Several insiders are saying he's not going to play, but the Chargers have left that door open where maybe he could play. I hope he does play and he's injured. If he's not 100%, let him play. Have Devontae run him into the ground, into the ground, and that would be fun to see. And then the only other big topic I want to get into, of the Aces, by the way, Mark Davis owns the Aces. I root for Mark and everything. I hope Mark wins a title and gets a ring. Uh, special what's happening here with that. Really cool. Marcus Arroyo, our friend, as UNLV plays at Cal. This is a big test. This is an Idaho State. This is Cal in the Pac-12, big-time school, and he knows how big it is, so hopefully UNLV football gets it going. But tonight's the opening night of football, and I want to thank everybody who got us through the summer. 
Because, again, we're Raider Nation Radio, but I don't do Raiders Radio in the summer. I do everything. I do LeBron. I do Durant. I do everything. I cannot do 300 days of Raiders Radio. Now I can. Now I can go balls out with the Raiders every week with our interviews, who we have lined up. And every Thursday, I'm happy to interview the coach exclusively, which I've done for over 20 years with the head coaches of this team. And some weeks, I'm sure it's going to be tougher than others. This week, it was pretty easy because he's in a damn good mood. He's in a good place. He knows he deserves to be here with this group. He loves being the coach of the Raiders. Loves it. He could have taken a lot of other jobs. He backed away from Indianapolis once. He waited for this job, this place, when he saw the building, the history, and the tradition. There's no doubt that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel were waiting for a gig like this. This type of owner, this type of market, the type of players who are here, and now they're breaking it down and rebuilding it the way they want to do it without a rebuild being a desperate team with four, three wins, five wins, and a rebuild that way. They are getting rid of everyone they don't believe can play at the level they want them to play, and they're bringing in those people, and it's going to take time. Obviously, this is not the final offensive line we're going to see if Josh McDaniels gets to lift the Lombardi Trophy. I doubt it would be with this offensive line unless they blow everybody out of the water and play great, and we're all rooting for them. But the core of this team, the core of this team, which is Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Denzel Perryman, the core of this team is a core that can stand up to the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Buccaneers, the Packers. They have a core of players who are pro bowlers, elite players, and I think future Hall of Famers. Now they have to tighten up the rest of it. And you can't expect them to do it in six weeks. You cannot. You cannot realistically think that this is the final product. This is the product of the 53-man roster that's going into the Charger game to start the season. And I have a feeling that Dave Ziegler's not done yet. I really do. With the cap space and what they're doing, and hopefully we have Dave on to talk to him some point uh, point on time next week as we open up the show. So my conversation with Josh McDaniels coming up here in a little bit. Vince Sapienza, Lee Sterling, and your phone calls at 702-365-9200. Give me the prediction on the score of the game. How the Raiders win. What are you concerned about? What makes you feel a little bit uneasy? What makes you feel confident? How do the Raiders win this game? As an underdog, started at four. It's three and a half. There's some Raider money coming in here. What do you feel good about heading into this game? That's what we do on the flagship as we open it up. Jay in Vegas. Start us off, Jay. You're on the flagship of the Raiders. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call, JT, as always, man. Look, man, uh, as far as like how I feel about this game, uh, I'm confident where my confidence is is in the coaching staff, mm-hmm. uh, JT. Look, when the 53-man roster came out, I was I was kind of keeping an eye on it. I'm like, look, man, I hope they bring you know at least three running backs and a fullback. And to my surprise, pleasantly surprised, you know, we we brought what five running backs and a fullback. And that leads me to believe that that Josh McDaniels knows the flaws of this offensive line, and he's going to need those players to come in. I mean, obviously they're not all going to play at the same time, but they're going to be needed as as the year goes on to help the offensive line, help Derek Carr, help block, help chip mm-hmm. block, and do all those sorts of things. And I think that by the by, you know, the end of the year, or as we get to the end of the year, JT, I think uh, uh, they're going to develop this offensive line, and I think they're going to be. 
above average by the end of the year. I really feel that way um, with the way the coaching staff has been uh, handling, you know, all these players. Um, look, JT, look, mm-hmm. uh, with this game, um, I'm, everybody is expecting Devontae Adams and, and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro to have big games. But since we've got all these running backs, to be honest with you, JT, I think um, a way to neutralize their pass rush is to develop this run game. Yeah. And as it pertains to this run game, JT, I think that's how you can neutralize those two guys. I think he's really going to go out there and try to win this time of possession and keep the ball out of uh, Justin mm-hmm. Herbert's hands. And I think that's a, the, the recipe to this game in particular is to keep the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands and win that type of time of possession and really establish this run. I'm looking at the Raiders to win this game uh, uh, 24-18. Uh, awesome. I, don't, I, don't see a, I don't see a whole lot of high flying, a whole lot of deep passes. I think he's really going to establish the run game in this, in this, uh, in this game. And, and I think we're gonna, it's going to be a grind-out game, I think is what it is. I think they're going to maul him. I think they're going to maul this defensive line of theirs. Uh, uh, wow. By running it down their throats, JT. All Thanks, right, man. so stay on hold. We're definitely giving him a $50 Grimaldi's gift card. I was just at Grimaldi's last night in Boca Park, put in an order for some pizzas, the Brooklyn Bridge, a couple of salads. Uh, the gal there knows me, poured me a beautiful glass of house Cabernet. I didn't have to work last night. I sat there. I watched my Yankees. I had a great glass of wine. My pizza came out. It was fantastic again. My wife came home from her job. And we had Grimaldi's pizza. Best pizza I ever had. We have $50 Grimaldi gift cards for calls like that who are local here in Vegas. So we appreciate that as we open up the show. Look, the big takeaway for me and Josh McDaniels and talking to Dave Ziegler is the game plan will be fluid and it will change dramatically. Just as my opinion against a certain opponent. The game plan for the Chargers could be similar to Arizona for the home opener. It could be completely different. And Josh McDaniels is a wizard at that. And I think probably even better than Gruden, and I'm a, I was a Gruden guy, still am as a friend, Jack Del Rio. Norv Turner was a brilliant offensive mind, as in brilliant, Norv Turner. So go back to all the Raider coaches, Art Shell, a Hall of Famer, our friend Tom Flores, a Hall of Famer. How about Tom Flores? Okay, as a play caller involved with the offense. The strength of McDaniels is he's done it all. He's called every play in much bigger games than the Raiders have been used to in the last 20 years. And that's respect to Josh McDaniels. All those extra practices, all those walkthroughs, all those divisional playoff wins, all of those AFC championship game wins, all of those two weeks in preparation of Super Bowl wins, he has the numbers on everybody. He knows every down, every distance, every play, and he ran it through Tom Brady. That playbook now goes to Carr. So third and 11 with Carr, with Hunter in the slot, Waller wide, Devontae, he's got the play. He's going to give it to Derek, and Derek's going to have to execute that play. And if Derek doesn't like the play because of coverage, Derek can check out of it and go to a play he's more comfortable with. I mean, that's pretty remarkable that you got Derek Carr nine years, Josh McDaniels 20-plus with this playbook that has every answer to every code and every question in front of you. Now you got to execute it. And some people are taking the easy way out saying that the offensive line's not good enough. So blank, that's going to be a problem, this or that. No, Derek's got to figure it out. There's going to be no excuses for Derek this year. Not that there has ever been in the past because Derek's accountable. But the only way that I could see Raider fans getting on Derek is if he gets sacked four times in a game and he just can't stand up 
and there's just someone coming around the edge killing him, and Raider fans are going to go, holy crap, what happened there? Other than that, Derek's got to figure this out. Derek's got to roll the other way. Derek's got to get the ball out quicker. Derek's got to eat the ball and get on the ground. This is on Derek. He's he's capable to handle whatever's going to be thrown at him. This is the moment, I think, where Derek goes from being excellent to elite, right? Mike Pritchard gave me that really good breakdown about Derek. The, the next stop for Derek to get to the next level that Aaron Rodgers is at, Drew Brees was at, all those guys, is he's got to do a better job holding on to the football and looking off safeties and defenses, looking them off deep. And that's the evolution of Derek Carr. He'll do a great job with that. Nick in Long Island, my old dirt. How are you, Nick? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you too, JT. Hope all is well. Another season upon us. Let's go. What do you think? I think I'm sick and tired, just as you are. This Charger, the Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. They have the best roster, blah, blah, blah. The one elephant in the room is that coach, he stinks. You go back now, and we most people, they, they seem to ignore it. They don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw the Chargers, the Raiders beat them. And, of course, it went to overtime. That game had no business going overtime. Once Casey Hayward intercepted that ball, the Raiders inexplicably somehow let the Chargers convert a fourth and goal from the 15-yard line. All this other stuff happened. The Raiders dominated that game for a good portion of it. And that was with Darren Waller with a bum knee and Zay Jones as wide receiver number one, Brian Edwards. Like, the Raiders have improved vastly. With even Gus Bradley, he did some good things last year. He called the same defense every play. This guy is not doing that now. Josh McDaniels is going to be a better play designer than Greg Olsen, better play call than Greg Olsen. And let's be frank, Devontae Adams being on the offense, is, is Greg Olsen didn't have that, in fairness. Mm-hmm. But leading up to that game that nobody wants to talk about except for Raider fans, these were two teams that couldn't have been headed in different directions. The Chargers were 7-5. and five, The Raiders were 6-6. Six and six. The Raiders had the Cleveland, where they changed the COVID rules for both of those games so those guys could play against the Raiders. City, Denver. But meanwhile, the Chargers had the Giants, the Texans, and the Broncos. They lost to the Houston Texans in December. I think it was like week 16. The Houston Texans scored 40 points on the Chargers. What did the Chargers do since then to say that this team is now a Super Bowl team and they're so much better than the Raiders? The Raiders beat them in week 18. Two weeks before that, the Chargers had 40 points for them by the Houston Texans. The Raiders are so much better. Josh McDaniels is such a better coach than his Brandon Staley guy, and I hope it shows this Sunday. I couldn't be more excited for it. Run the ball on them, throw the ball, keep Herbert off the field, and hopefully this defensive coordinator he gets the best out of the town because there is some talent on that Raider defense mm-hmm. and the Raiders secondary as well. Yep. That's another thing nobody seems to be talking about. Thanks, Nick. Very passionate phone call. Chargers are good. They got Khalil Mack. J.C. Jackson, who might not play in this game, they got a lot better. They did. Chargers got a lot better. Chargers got a really good roster, and they had a good draft, and they brought in free agents. The Chargers are better than the Raider team that beat them the last game in Week 18. Now, I think the Raiders are better, too, because of Chandler Jones and Devontae. But the Chargers are better, and I'm concerned about the Chargers. I think the Raiders will win the game and can win the game, but I'm concerned about the Chargers. For my whole career, I've been bashing the Chargers. This is the one time I hesitate because their roster's really good. Their roster's good. It's a respectable roster. It's one of the better ones. Now, I need everybody to do me a favor. You know PTs? <clears throat> PTs fuels the monologue. Well, what we need you to do now is head on out to any of the taverns. Head on out to any of the PTs, and there's one right by you. Stop by your favorite tavern now through January 8th and deposit $5 at any William Hill mobile betting kiosk 
to be entered into your share of the $35,000 in cash prizes. So the next time you go to a PT's, just make sure you make that deposit there. Just deposit five bucks there in the kiosk at William Hill, and you'll be locked in. Coming up next, my conversation with Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Raiders. My conversation that just happened less than an hour ago. So it's fresh. It's ready. You'll be ready to go. And then right after that, Vince Sapienza will join us, the Raider Insider, and then Lee Sterling. So that's a pretty busy show, busy hour, and the next hour even gets bigger. That's what we do here on the flagship of the Raiders, brought to you by the best happy hour in town. PTs, they fuel the monologue. Head coach Josh McDaniels next. Especially a defense like this, you know, great coaches, uh, very smart, um, great players. Um, they can do whatever they want to do. You know, they got so many guys that can do so many things that um, you just never know. And so, um, I mean, last year we played Baltimore. They just they all out blitzed the heck out of us all the way to the last play. You know, and just sending people from everywhere, different looks, all this kind of stuff. So. You never know, so you just try and get ready for everything. That's Derek Carr. He spoke to the media yesterday. We'll have some of that sound coming up as we're brought to you by Virgin Hotels, all their great restaurants, the Shag Room, the theater, where great concerts are. Good hangout for all of us. Uh, check me out there. I'm there all the time. One steak to Casa Calavera, to everything they do out at the pool, at the great lawn for concerts. Virgin Hotels, proud partner of our show. About an hour ago, I was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. My first conversation this year on radio with the head coach of the Silver and Black, Josh McDaniels. It's my pleasure to welcome in the head coach of the Raiders, Josh McDaniels. And coach, first off, this is a big deal for us to have you on here every week. And when I spoke to you at the state of the team, we really dove into the process. By the time you got hired to this 53-man roster, let's begin with how you felt that went, that whole long process from the beginning from Canton all the way to this game with the Chargers. Yeah, it's uh, every day's an opportunity, um, you know, and uh, we're, we're trying to grow our football team and uh, improve our understanding of how we want to try to play and win. Um, and I think our players have really responded well to that. That continues to today. Yeah, uh, we, we were meeting this morning and, and continue to push forward on that. And uh, Dave and his crew are, are continuing to try to do everything he can upstairs to see if there's anything that, um, you know, could potentially make us better in that re- regard, too. So um, just taking the long approach, really, um, and using each day as an opportunity to continue to pour into our guys and, and ask them to, to really learn how we want to try to play. I was fascinated with the process with the offensive line because other than Colt Miller, pretty much everybody played every position. Were you ever a part of something like that in the past with the championship teams or in camp where you followed that process because it sure looked like it worked? Yeah, you know, we're trying to build some versatility um, at the same time as we're trying to find the the right five guys to play uh, on the offensive line. Continuity is important. Communication is critical. But we also know that there's there's an element of injuries and adaptability that you're going to need throughout the course of the season up there. Those guys, you know, you rarely play with the same five guys all season on the offensive line. So um, I think that will serve us well as we go throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, we're going to start someplace on Sunday, and then, um, you know, we'll kind of evaluate that and make sure we're trying to do the best thing for the team. But uh, we, we felt like we have – we've also created some depth for ourselves, you know, across the board, and some guys have uh, interpositional depth, uh, tackle to guard, guard to center, so, you know. So 
uh, we're going to need that as we go through the course of the year, and, and we'll see how we how we do at the beginning. That's a great segue to the health of the team. We saw a clean injury report, which was pretty amazing. What do you attest that to, to the trainers and the coaches, your staff, in keeping everybody healthy throughout that long camp, giving them a break when they needed it? We saw some guys not on the field a couple of days. Yep. Was that part of the plan to keep them as close to 100% as they could be heading into the Charger game? Yeah, we knew we had a longer camp than any right. team in the league, and so – um, we were trying to uh, be patient, if you will, and not to you know wear everybody out. Uh, there was some built-in breaks uh, throughout the course of the preseason where there were mandatory days off. We had some travel days. We had the trip to Canton, had another trip to Miami. You know, so there was some elements of uh, just wanting to make sure we again played the long game and kept our eye on what was really important, and that's having a healthy football team at the start of the season. There's nothing more important to our team's success than the health of the players. So. Uh, excited to have a healthy and clean injury report as we start. Let's move to special teams because of the process, especially on defense and in the running back room and the players that you kept to build out the special teams, with, especially with Cole and what you have with Carlson. This is two of the best players in the league. And now on coverage, what do you feel about the athletes you have now as they competed for those spots? Yeah, we, we, we ask everybody to contribute. Right. You know, so um, everybody that's active, you know, we're, we're expecting a contribution in some phase of the game, if not multiple phases. So um, we know we have good specialists. Um, they can really kick and punt the football very well, which can be a huge advantage if you can take, you know, if you can take advantage of it and cover, uh, you know, when you, when you kick the ball. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we, have, we feel pretty good about our, our depth. We feel pretty good about our speed and size. Um, you know, we're going to need some contributions from some of the younger players, you know, yeah. that we've kept on the roster uh, that are going to be there and, and be able to contribute in the kicking game as well. Let's get to the quarterbacks, two exceptional quarterbacks. I'll start with yours and Derek Carr with what you saw with Devontae Hunter and the rest of the squad and the guys who made it and made the team on the back end at wide receiver. Uh, we didn't see Derek in the preseason, obviously, for the right reasons to be healthy in this game. What would you like about his verbiage with your playbook and taking that playbook up a notch with these great players? Yeah, he learns quick, yeah. you know, and um, he, he really digests information. He understands when you make a coaching point to Derek, he understands it fully. And if he doesn't, he asks a good question, you know. So when we leave a meeting, I feel very comfortable uh, that he understands what the goal is. Right. Um, and he knows what his job is, you know. His job is to – uh, facilitate the the ball going to the right guy. You know, if it's a passing game, then we're going to read the coverage out and try to throw it to the right person. Uh, the defense will have a say in that. You know, if they try to take somebody away, we got to be smart and uh, take what they're giving us. And then, you know, if if it's the running game and getting us in the right place, uh, he's very adept at doing that too. So feel very comfortable about the the type of work, the quality of work, and the quantity of work he's gotten in practice. Um, and we'll see how we start the season. I know you were asked about that last regular season game. It was a classic. Mm -hmm. It was a regular season all-time classic. And in that game, Herbert threw some just outright bullets yep. on fourth down in that game. And I yep. wanted to talk about their quarterback first and what impresses you on film mm -hmm. with his maturity and how important it's going to be to get a really big pass rush on him. Yeah, he, he does a great job of reading the coverage. Um, he's got some, some really good players to throw the football to. You know, the receivers – are all good in different ways. The tight ends, he has he added Everett now uh, to that group, and, and they're difficult to, to cover. Uh, and then obviously Eckler, you know, does a great job out of the backfield. So um, he, he's, he's a big play guy. There's no area of the field that he can't touch with right. his arm. Uh, we've made that point very clear to our secondary. Um, when we say defend the deep part of the field, this week it means a little deeper because um, he's got such a such a uh, uh, an arm strength on him. So um, we got to do a good job of trying to disrupt him a little bit, take away his first 
first or second read if we can, uh, force them to hold the ball a little bit, and and again play from deep to short. You know, and if they have to drive the ball ten or twelve plays, hopefully we can create a negative play at some point uh, to put them behind the sticks and then try to get off the field on third down. And you're very aware, obviously, of Coach Daly liking to go for it on fourth down and what they did last year. Is that different with this coach compared to other coaches, or you just prepare for teams that down and distance they're going to take a shot? Yeah, you, I mean you have to understand who you're playing, right? And uh, he's very willing to do that. So we when we when we worked on third down yesterday, we called it third and fourth down this week, you know, because okay. because you just you never know, sure. um, you know. And and so look, every time that you you get ready for an opponent, you got to know what their identity is and what their philosophy is. And they've been very aggressive in the past. We'll see exactly how that goes to start this season. Um, but we also understand that you know when that down comes up, it's an opportunity for a turnover. Um, you know, because if you go for it on fourth down and, and you don't make it, then the ball's going to the other team. So uh, our defense has the right mindset. We understand what our opportunity is if that comes up on Sunday, and uh, we're going to try to do everything we can to stop them. Uh, wrapping it up with the defense, you've got a lot of leaders there, just really sharp guys that have these backstories. We talked at the state of the team about Max and how his life has evolved so quickly, and you knew Chandler from your days with the Patriots, and on the back end, Trayvon Merrick seems like just a really sharp kid, young player there. Overall, do you like the leadership, the aggressive ability of this defense to take it up a notch with Coach Graham? Yeah. Um, you know, our coaching staff has done a really nice job of trying to put these guys in good positions to be successful and make plays. Um, and you're right, the leadership on defense, you know, with Crosby, Perryman, uh, Deron Harmon, um, you know, and then you look at Chandler Jones and Jayon Brown and Trayvon and John Abram. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of guys that have contributed now to, to where we're at at this moment, you know, and we're continuing to grow and learn, um, which I think is an important part of this process. But I'm excited about those guys. They, they, uh, they're coming together. They work well together. They really appreciate and enjoy working with one another. Um, and we're trying to, we're doing some different things. You know, we're a little bit more multiple than what they were in the past, um, which can be fun once you get it, you know. You so it. it's a process, yeah. though, to get there, and, and those guys are working hard to get it. Coach, last one, I don't think, because you've, you've coached so many big games, but what you're going to see with this fan base in L.A., this is part of Raider Nation. At yep. one point, it was the biggest part, largest populated Raider fan base yep. in the world, and these Raider fans go to L.A. games, yep. and this is the one for them. You're going to be able to take a step back and look at this that way because when the bus comes in mm -hmm. to that massive footprint and when you leave, hopefully with the win, to know that those fans mm -hmm. were there and hopefully made it feel like a home game for you. No question. We're counting on that. Uh, you know, there's no doubt we're counting on that. Uh, I've said it multiple times in the preseason. This is uh, this doesn't feel like anything I've really been a part of. Um, the, the fan base is just incredibly supportive. Um, they're there all the time. They were there in Canton. They were there in Miami. Uh, we know they're going to be there in Los Angeles on Sunday. So uh, our job is to try to give them something to yell about, you know, and, and hopefully we can provide that with the way we play. And uh, so we're hard at work at that, and we know we're going to have them uh, there to support us, you know, in L.A. and then throughout the course of the season. So looking forward to, to doing some, some good things here for Raider Nation and give them something to, to be proud of. Good luck at L.A., Coach. Thank you very much. All right, that's Josh McDaniels, my conversation with him about an hour ago. And we're back here to talk about it. So there's the head coach. Uh, this first interview, not a lot of details in the game plan. He's not going there. We'll have a recap next week with my second interview with him. We'll go over the Charger game and preview the Arizona Cardinals. Vince Sapienza, one of our insiders, one of the best in town, the multi-Emmy Award winner from Fox 5, kind enough to join us. And 
Vince, let's begin with you. What do you think of the coach? You've covered him. You've been at the press conferences. How he's built this team, along with Dave Ziegler, to get down to that 53-man roster. Well, I think the depth that he's built with this roster has been unbelievable. I mean, when you looked at that final cut-down day, everyone's like, man, who's going, who's staying? And I think what they've done with this 53 is it's very balanced. They did it slow and steady. I mean, when they first took over, there was only 37 players on this roster. So what he and Dave Ziegler have been able to do over the course of the summer and into training camp, I think has been pretty spectacular in terms of keeping the talent as high as it is and as rounded out as it is, especially when you're comparing it to all the other rosters in the NFL, specifically within the division. I think they've done a great job, and I think it's as good as any in the division and the National Football League. And to the point that that we just heard from Josh McDaniels, keeping this roster healthy heading into week one is, I don't think you can understate how big of a deal that is going into week one in, in against the Chargers on the road, a division game and a game where these division games, as he said, count as double in the standings. So I, I think what he's done with the roster, I think, matches up with just about anybody in the league, specifically this division. Well, we saw Justin Herbert in that game, that last game. It was one of the greatest performances I've seen, and he lost. It, that fourth quarter on those fourth and longs where he was throwing balls in between double coverage on a rope. And I was very fortunate the Raiders won that game. I think they were the better team. Brandon Staley made mistakes. And Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams have never really killed the Raiders. They've had big plays, but and even Derwin James hasn't been healthy. He hasn't killed the Raiders over the years. But what do you think about Herbert and what he can do if he doesn't get brought to the ground and has time to throw? Well, I think Herbert's sensational. I think I think everybody knows that. I think the the arm talent is obvious. You, I mean, you see it with your own two eyes. You don't need you don't need numbers and statistics to know that this guy's an elite level quarterback. That being said, you know you're right. The, the Chargers receivers haven't historically in the past destroyed the Raiders defense. But as you know, if you have a quarterback in this league, it doesn't matter kind of who the weapons are. They can pick you apart however they want. And I think Justin Herbert has that talent. I think he has the skill set and the vision to do so. I think it's going to be really incumbent on this Raiders defense, specifically the secondary. We heard it in your conversation with Josh McDaniels. The messaging is to that secondary, don't stop covering those mm-hmm. parts of the yeah. field because Justin Herbert can throw it on a, on one leg. He can throw it running to his right, left. I mean, he can drop it anywhere on the field. So I think you need to keep your head on a swivel. This is going to be maybe the biggest test for the Raiders all season. And, yeah, it's week one. It's easy to say that. But, I mean, this is as good of a quarterback as, as they're going to see in the NFL. And then, you, you know, you get the Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson later. But, I mean, this guy can really do it all. And if the Raiders aren't sticking to their details, specifically on defense, if they're not being honest in the secondary with these receivers, staying sticking, competing on an every-down basis, it could be real trouble. But that being said, the Raiders have been able to, to do it. I know it's different coaching staff, mm-hmm. staffs, different defensive coordinators, but I really like what, what I've been hearing uh, this training camp in terms of what Patrick Graham is going to bring in terms of the defense and the competitive nature and how they're going to strategically play uh, these offenses in the AC West. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. That's a very important point in this game. They don't have Tyreek Hill. He's with Miami now, not, no longer with Kansas City. And they have big receivers that shouldn't be able to get behind you with you know just being shifty and being like a Tyreek Hill. So Jonathan Abram, 
and Trayvon Merrig and what they're doing in the rotation that they're going to have in the secondary is critical in this game because Eckler's the type of guy that can get to the next level. Perryman's there to stop him, but Eckler's shifty. If he breaks through uh, that defensive line up the middle, if Perryman doesn't get him, I think that secondary better gang tackle because Eckler could have a big game. Yeah, and I think we're going to see you know a nice rotation within mm-hmm. the secondary yes. uh, of the Raiders' defense. I think Deron Harmon's going to have a massive, massive Absolutely. role with this defense. He may not be the listed starter, but this guy is going to be. You're going to see a lot of Deron Harmon, and I think that's that's important because yeah, Austin Eckler, he's one of the top backs for a reason. There's there's a reason he's going top five in fantasy drafts all all mm-hmm. across uh, fantasy football land. I mean, he's going to get his yards, but I think. The rotation we're going to see from the safety, specifically Abrams' rule, I think it's going to be a lot different than what we've seen in the past couple of years. I think they're going to really use his strength in the run game, and I think that's going to open up some things for, for the strategic shift, as, as you were alluding to, with the safeties moving around, seeing who's going to go back in, in uh, pass coverage, who's going to be coming up. But I think you're going to really see a three-headed monster in that, in that safety secondary for the Raiders. So tell me about the Fox 5 coverage, and I also saw you last night on Fox 5, you're over at UFC Apex with UFC coming in. So you got a busy weekend here, Rebels, everything with them out of town at Cal. So what's going on with the Fox 5 coverage of the Raiders coming up? We're everywhere and everywhere you need to be. Uh, Paloma Villacano will be with the Rebels uh, over uh, over at uh, Cal, which is going to be a big game. Nice uh, litmus test to see how UNLV football Marcus Royal handles going into year three with that program. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Bollinger will be with the team in L.A., and then I'll be here uh, holding down the fort, if you will, UFC mm-hmm. 279, another massive, massive card. Could be Nate Diaz's final fight in the yes. UFC. Um, there is no shortage of things to talk about or cover, JT. I know when I first got here, uh, <laughs> that wasn't quite the case. Now you got to keep your head on a swivel. Golden Knights rookie camp starts in five, five and a half days, JT. Yes. We've got you covered. You do have me covered because... I am now a desperate Golden Knight fan. <laughs> I am a desperate <laughs> Golden Knight fan. I thought there would have been a cup and a parade by now, and it's anything but that. And we need a big turnaround season coming up from VGK. Vince, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for being part of our insider team. You know how much I respect your work. Thanks for the time. JT, appreciate you. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5, multi-Emmy award winner. A lot of his packages and, and efforts around town are fantastic. And we started, uh, he was with me on my radio crew back in the day in L.A., and I'm really proud of him. He's so good and a good guy in town. He covers every single story. Breaking news, the queen has died, which is global, massive. Uh, that could have an effect on many people listening here today with family back overseas. So God save the queen. God speed for Queen Elizabeth, who just passed away today. As I was over at the Raider facility, and everybody buzzing about that. The news will be very interesting today. Lee Sterling. All right, you like to gamble on sports? Here's the games he's going to give you the winners with. Ready? Florida, Kentucky. Miami versus New England. Tampa Bay and Dallas. He's giving you those picks for free. So if you're a gambler, please stay tuned. One of the sharpest sharps joining us next. Yeah, I think everybody is definitely. Um, you know, we've been putting, we've been working for a while. We've been long, working longer than anybody at this point. Started, um, you know, almost beginning of April. So, 
it's definitely going to be fun to see, you know, all the work we put in kind of, you know, get put together as a masterpiece. You know, it's, you know that's, the, that's the way we're hoping at least. And um, obviously we got a lot of great personnel, but nothing's promised. So we just got to get out there. And it's, it's kind of going to be a not, a, not a dice roll, but, you know, we haven't been together as the, all the ones out there together yet. So um, it'll be fun. We've been doing a lot of good in practice now, so it's just time to put it all together. That's Devontae Adams, and they've been practicing a lot. He hasn't played. I don't know what he's going to do, fantasy-wise. He could have a monster game, or it could take a game or two. I'm hoping for the best for Devontae. JT, back with you. We're brought to you by Modelo. We'll tell you about coming up next, my big, big remote next Friday, Cafe Americano on behalf of Modelo, the Friday before the home opener on the Strip. Those who were there last time loved it and had a great time. I've been talking to Lee Sterling for over 20 years because he's trustworthy, he's a winner, and he's transparent, and he joins me for another year on the radio. Lee, I hope everything's going well and you're off to a good start. How are you, buddy? It is, and I'll actually be in College Station next week following my Canes uh, as they take on the Aggies. So uh, even we uh, here at Paramount Sports hit the road once in a while. Good for you. Let's start off with Florida, minus 4.5 against Kentucky. What an interception. Was yeah. it true? I think the largest crowd ever, 99,000. I didn't know they could fit that many people. The swamp was moving, people said, in there, and they make a defensive play to win against a higher-ranked team in Utah. Do they bring that momentum into this one? All right, let me say this, and, and I'm, I feel like saying it ten times. Anthony Richardson is a freak. If he continues on this role, he'll be the first player drafted. How many times do you see a guy 6'5", 245, run a 4440, can't be tackled, and his accuracy is really good. I mean, the difference between him and last year's starter, Emory Jones, is monumental. Now, Kentucky's going to have to have some balance. They only had 353 total yards last week against Miami of Ohio and just 50 rushing yards. I know they get back Chris Rodriguez, but he's a fumbler. Um, Will Levis, yeah, he looks good, but he's only got one deep threat in Tavion Robinson the Virginia Tech transfer. So I think the Gators are deeper. Obviously, quarterback, better receiver here. And the swamp with Anthony Richardson is going to be a tough place to win at in 2022 for visitors. I'm going to keep riding the Gators here, 27-20. Gators covering and winning outright. NFL, we go to Miami right there in your backyard versus New England. Man, the hype of this team, the only team that's been hyped more of the Chargers where I am out west. Everybody covered every pass to or through in practice in the preseason like he was Michelangelo and he was an artist there. What is going on? He's got the receivers now, explosive receivers. I don't know much about their defense and their coach. First time ever going up against Belichick. This is the greatest coach of all time. Is the coaching come into play here? Miami minus three. It could, and you know what? I'm actually going to give Miami the edge, believe it or not. I don't know what Bill Belichick is thinking. I know he lost Josh McDaniels. He lost quarterback coach Mick Lombardi, also the running back coach Ivan Fears, and he replaced him with a defensive coordinator and former failed head coach Matt Patricia and former failed head coach and special teams coach Joe Judge. These two guys are going to run the offense. I just don't see it in seven possessions in the preseason. They had four three and outs. They also had a turnover here. The receivers are way below average. And the Dolphins, they just keep adding pieces. Two good offensive linemen, Tariq Hill, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mosert. Uh, I think Tua is going to have a big year this year. And the Patriots 
always have trouble in mm. Miami. They've actually dropped eight of the last ten against the spread in the 305. I'm going with Miami by double digits, 30 to 20. Wow. I, I, yeah. I tell you, we just saw New England out here. They did not look good in the dual practices with the Raiders of the preseason game. Yep. So you're going big on that. Lee Sterling joins us, ParamountSports.com. Go to ParamountSports.com and find one of the most transparent winners, a real sharp. He joins me every week. All right, let's go to Tampa Bay, minus 2.5 against Dallas. Look, Brady doesn't look right 10, 11 days off. I'm not going to speculate on Giselle and everything there, but the Cowboys lose their left tackle, bring in a veteran to take over. Zeke Elliott doesn't impress me much anymore, maybe early in the season when he has fresh legs, but it's the coaches here too. I'm not a Bulls guy going up against Mike McCarthy, but I like Dallas's roster just as much as Tampa, but Tampa's been more proven. What do you see in this game? Yeah, if they had the offensive line together, I might lean Tampa Bay. But you can't lose three starters yeah. to compete in this league. And then on top of that, he loses Gronk. Chris Godwin may not play in this game here. He's got to eventually fall off. I think this is a year. I think he should have retired last year. Even though they lost in the playoffs, it wasn't his fault. The defense ended up giving it up. So I think... Dallas has the better running game right now. I think you've got uh, Dak finally healthy again, and the pressure is off. There's no hype for the first time in maybe 25 years for the Cowboys. Wrong team favored. I'm going with the Cowboys. They went outright 28-24 of the Bucks. Cowboys outright 28-24. We write them all down. We review them next week. And then finally, the game of the week. And you normally don't go Raiders game of the week unless you got something, and I know how much you work. It's the Raiders at the Chargers. Line opened up. Chargers minus four. We'll play it down to three and a half. Tell everybody how they have this game because I know you have something special with it. I do. If you want to get uh, this game and get off to a, a great start this weekend, we're already 19-11 on the season since the first preseason game. Just call 800-400-9741. You want to hop on board three weeks of games. You're going to get 10 to 14 selections each and every week all the way through September 30th. Just $297. How do you come on board? Just one place. ParamountSports.com. Thank you, Lee. Talk to you next week. Good luck. Thanks, JT. Lee Sterling. He's really good. He's, he's wins year over year, and it's documented. That's why I put him on. You won't hear all of these charlatans, all these phonies running around in Vegas. They tweet out their win. They never tell you about their loss. I heard a guy on radio yesterday in Vegas. True story. He's talking to like two kids. Like in a, they couldn't have been more than 22 and 23. They're doing a radio show in Vegas. And the one guy says to the other guy, where's the Super Bowl this year? And I, my car pulled off the road. My car was, like, going into oncoming traffic. I had to pull it back. He didn't even know where the Super Bowl was. And he's giving out picks to games. Listen to me, everybody. Do not take gambling advice from losers and people who have been doing this for a year or so and have no experience. We have the experience in the building. I refer people to Dave Koken all the time. Smoking Dave Koken, Lee Sterling. Whoever it is, got some friends over at VEASAN who are really sharp. Bill Krakenberger, no doubt about it. Other than that, that's it. Because there's too many people out there that are just throwing out games and they have no clue. And they're throwing out tennis picks and UFC picks. Come on! Specialize in one thing. Lee Sterling specializes in football. Great job by Bobby. We turned around the Josh McDaniels interview pretty quickly. Nice job. Of Vince Sapienza. And now coming up, and that was Lee Sterling, we have Steph McKenzie and a Chargers insider going to join us and your phone calls. Dial now, 702-365-9200, and lead us off heading into Chargers Week.